Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm joined by Jim Garrity of National Review, author of Morning Jolt. Jim, I never thought, I've been doing this for 30 years, I never thought I would find myself saying an American president left more than 100 Americans in the hands of terrorists knowingly. Yeah, and we should point out when you say more than 100, Milley said in the very low hundreds. Uh, Blinken said under 200 and likely closer to 100. But this morning's New York Times puts the number at fewer than 300. And this does not, I I don't believe it counts green card holders. This is, to me, an utter failure. Three different podiums in the Pentagon, the State Department, and the White House. Three different numbers, which is citizens, green card holders, and allies. And we haven't got one answer. That's nine shots at one answer Mm -hmm. among the nine facts that we need and, and among the three facts we need. And we get nothing from these people. Nothing. That is the most glaring and egregious broken promise. And, you know. I'm sure you have probably, you don't have to play the cut. I just have it written right in front of me. Oh, let me play the cut. Let me play the cut. Let's play cut number 17. Joe Biden talking to George Stephanopoulos. Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops will stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? And if there are American force, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Pretty cut and dry, Jim Garrity. Yep. And by the way, I also noticed, noticed that, like, Stephanopoulos is pulling teeth there. Biden did not want to give that pledge. But he, he gave it. Yeah, he did, but he didn't mean it. And one of the things, I guess I can preview today's morning, Joel, to, uh, to your listeners, Hugh, before it gets sent off to the editors. Everyone has given, or, you know, Maybe I'd say not enough people. A lot of people have given Biden grief for that July 8th speech where he says the likelihood that there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and the whole country is highly unlikely. But in that speech, Biden made a lot of pledges and promises. He said the drawdown is proceeding in a secure and orderly way. He said we provided advanced weaponry to the Afghan army. Of course, it's now in the hands of the Taliban, who are now flying our helicopters and hanging people from them. Not confirmed yet, but, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it certainly looks like that, you know. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I, it's hard to believe it would be anything else. I don't think they're just doing for a joyride, and this guy's yeah. just hanging down for fun. Um, he said, we're, you know, they will ensure they have the capacity to maintain their air force. That was a lie. We'd already cut support to their air force. Right. Um, he said he'd assured Ghani that U.S. support for the people of Afghanistan will endure. We will continue to provide civilian and humanitarian assistance, including speaking out for the rights of women and girls. As your listeners probably know, women have been told to stay off the streets by the Taliban spokesman because the Taliban soldiers, quote, they don't know how to be around women yet. They haven't learned to accept women in public places yet. So you have to stay in your home until, until they're cool with it. It might take a while. He said, I intend to maintain our diplomatic presence in Afghanistan. We no longer have a diplomatic presence in Afghanistan. He said he's going to continue to work for the release of detained Americans, including Mark uh, Freericks. He 
still in Taliban custody. And then Biden said, we're going to continue to make sure we take on the Afghan nationals who work side by side with U.S. forces, including interpreters and translators. As your listeners probably know, Hugh, we've abandoned tens of thousands of them. He said, our message to those men and women is clear. There is a home for you in the United States if you so choose, and we will stand with you just as you stood with us. And then we left them to die, Hugh. Uh, I... I want people to know that we take no joy in this. This is actually, uh, Jim has been as outraged as I have been and as adamant in print for a long time. This is not uh, political haymaking. It's we're genuinely ashamed of what the United States has done. I think we would say the same thing if Trump was in office. I know uh, I would. What? Some of us did. Yeah. But I I mean. Abandoning the the Kurds, letting the Turks roll over them. Yes. I, I don't think this is even closely comparable to that uh, because there weren't Americans there. I, I'm talking about American citizens, Jim. And the were the guys who helped us go after ISIS. You know, they, they, they did put their necks they on did. the line. They, and, you know. and I understand the argument, but I, I think there are different category differences here that we have to respect. This is a first time ever that we have left American citizens knowingly in terrorist hands. Uh, we have worked for years to get a dozen American citizens out. Uh, Trump got 55 out, I believe, over the course of four years. Uh, uh, people being held against their will and hostages. And we just doubled, if not tripled and quadrupled the number on the special hostage envoys list. I also want to talk about, though, uh, Phil, who called in the first hour, second hour. Phil from Orlando is a veteran. He's a gold star father. He mentioned his son, Staff Sergeant Robert Miller. I looked him up. That is a Medal of Honor recipient for conspicuous gallantry in saving his captain and squad in, in a province in remote Afghanistan in 2008. Every veteran, Jim, is just in agony because they had friends and, and countrymen bleed and die there, and we left them. It, it is really hard to say to veterans. First of all, if you're a veteran listening to this and you're having a hard time, and Lord knows every single American would understand why you're having a hard time these past few weeks, please talk to somebody, please call somebody, please know there are people who care about you, and please know uh, we want you to get through this as best you can. That said, like, I, I can't give them a good answer of what this was all for. And, and it's like one of the things that's been fascinating, I was talking to someone who was uh, – helping us work on our kitchen. And she knows veterans uh, who are served in Afghanistan. And they said they've, they've been hitting the bottle in the last two weeks. There are so many Americans who, like I was, I was saying this to her last, yesterday, Hugh, this has gone on for the last 20 years. This is the story of our lives. This is the story of our adult life. I was a mid-20-something when 9-11 happened. And we knew that this was it. This was Afghanistan. You know, this, was, this was one of the grand callings of our time. And whatever we felt on nation building or something like that, we knew that this threat had come up from this far off land that most Americans paid almost no attention to. They, they blew up the Buddha statues and we said, tisk tisk. But we, it was far off. It's not the, US, the U.S. was never an imperial power. We didn't run around looking for them to completely fix their country. We, we were completely content to let the Taliban be the bastards that they are, as long as they didn't come after and kill Americans. But instead, they ran a bed and breakfast for Osama bin Laden. Instead, they hosted the al And that's why we had to go over there and do something. And, you know, it took us 90 days to knock them out of power. And it was then, okay, what, what are we going to replace this with? You know, we, we could have left, but it probably so based on what we're seeing here, maybe by you know, 2002, 2003, we would have said Taliban would have come back. 
our biggest message to the Taliban is stop hosting anti-American terrorists. Stop hosting people who, who, who want to kill our citizens. If you do that, we'll let you get away with almost everything. Uh, I don't often have kind things to say about the Daily Beast, but they have a terrific story where they talk to all kinds of counterterrorism experts who say, this puts us at much greater risk. We don't have an embassy. We don't have a place to collect intelligence. We've lost our partner, which is the Afghan Intelligence Service. You know, we, we have an enormously degraded ability to keep track of what's going on on the ground. When these guys have al-Qaeda, and oh, by the way, everybody in the Islamist world uh, all across the hemisphere is looking at this and saying, this is the best day since 9-11. Yeah, it was a mistake to leave. It was a mistake to leave. It was a mistake to leave. Now, Jim, I do want to say to the people who think it wasn't worth it. I had a, an Uber driver yesterday, an Afghan, 29-year-old, who got here in 2018 on an SIB after working for the American Army and floor for nine years, whose sister and brother are behind, but he and his wife got out. SIB does not allow siblings to come. There are thousands and thousands of people like that. And there were 20 years of freedom in Afghanistan. And maybe the Taliban can't be as barbaric as they were, although he said they are stupid. They can't even read the Quran. They're only he was he used the word confused repeatedly because he, he doesn't understand what happened. He doesn't. It just it doesn't compute. But he's driving a 2018 Corolla and Ubering and restaurant working. He's doing what every generation of catastrophe does, whether it's the Irish famine or the Iranian revolution or the Cuban Castro head fake or Vietnam. They all come here and they all, it was not in vain. It was just a lot more was wasted and the danger is back. Well, we gave them 20 years of a potential for something better. That's 20 years of girls in school. That's 20 years of girls walking down the street and not being afraid that some maniac is going to throw acid on their face because they're showing their face. That's 20. And I, I do wonder, you're starting to hear the first reports about how the Taliban is going to have a really tough time ruling. Oh, I wish you thought about that ahead of time, guys. Um, they have no economic problem. Like, like, on the one hand, life in Afghanistan, which has never been easy, is about to get much, much harder. The economy- and there's a drought and there's a famine. Yeah, they, you know, they, they run out of, they run out of uh, food in about two months. So, you know, what, what do you think? The Afghans going to be, the Taliban's going to be great economic reformers and are going to drive all this all great right. innovation? I, you know, I got like, a first-person lesson on that. These people you know. have never been out of the countryside. All they do is shoot and kill and eat uh, a round of fire. Uh, it is, uh, darkness is descending. I, I'm not going to listen to Biden today. I've watched every speech. I've listened to every word. I no longer care. He, Joe, I left him behind Biden. And I, I don't think I will ever forgive him, Jim. Last to you, will you? You can go back to his July 8th speech. Everything he said there was a lie. On that note, Jim Garrity, National Review. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. President Biden's refusal to commit to staying in Afghanistan for as long as it takes to rescue Americans. Are NATO allies and Afghans eligible for special immigrant visas and priority two visas is a shameful collapse of national purpose, a deeply scarring moment of American weakness. While the death toll of that awful day on 9-11 was higher, at least it was higher as of today, the cut and run from Afghanistan is actually a greater crisis. For here, the president is intentionally abandoning thousands of Americans to their fate 
at the hands of a terrorist regime and splinter groups even more violent. It is worse than a shock, worse than an embarrassment. It is a collapse of the American ideal that we would never give up on an American, never leave an American behind. The shameful conduct by the White House will never not be associated with President Biden, Vice President Harris, Secretaries of State Blinken, and Secretary of Defense Austin. Indeed, everyone in the executive branch. It marks them forever as cowards. This is Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 